You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. How are you doing? I'm okay today. I'm okay. I haven't been having the greatest week, but today I feel a little bit better, I think, because the sun is really shining. I heard the birds chirping next to our bedroom window this morning. Uh, Obviously, I'd rather this not be our normal, but it is what it, you know, it, it is what it is right now. I know that's maybe an annoying thing to say, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little better today than yesterday. Uh, how are you? Dare I ask? Dare you ask? I'm fine. I'm okay. Frustrated. I get a bit of anxiety as I'm sure a lot of people do right now. Also trying to remind myself that a lot of other people have it a whole lot worse than I do based on what I've read happening throughout the U.S. and, you know, in parts of Canada, but more so in the U.S., and feeling a little conflicted over why I'm feeling this way. Yeah, it's a weird feeling to be simultaneously grateful because we're lucky to be in a comfortable, safe home in Toronto. We don't have to leave the house. We have plenty of groceries. And so you know you're better off than most of the world right now. You talk about the U.S., but if you look at at India, folks who are walking hundreds of kilometers and miles to get home with nothing with no possessions. So you feel lucky, but then also you just feel pissy. You know, the other morning, Kelly, who produces this podcast, we hopped on a call and she said, how you doing today? And I said, you know what? I feel pissy. (laughs) I just feel like I'm in a bad mood. And I got to tell you, saying it out loud felt so good because, yeah, because I, you know, I'm a positive person. I don't try and be positive. I just, I'm a natural optimist for better or for worse. And in some ways, it's really great. And in some ways, I'm sure it's very frustrating. You know, I, I overcommit. I end up being late. I think I have more time than I have. I'm not always realistic. But I am generally just kind of happy. Like, I, I like my life. I feel very fulfilled. I feel very thankful. And and at the same time, when you feel that way all the time, you feel pressure to always project that. And so it felt really good to just say, no, I'm having a shitty day. And I was, I was having a shitty day. I was feeling frustrated like so many of us are right now. I know that we're feeling frustrated. So it's weird. My point is it's weird to feel pissy and frustrated, but also really grateful. And I know you, you've had a frustrating day today. Yeah. I had a frustrating night last night. I waited on hold for about two and a half hours to get through to an insurance company for something that we're trying to rectify. Then I ended up waiting on hold for another hour and a bit this morning. And again, I realize that these are insignificant in the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, when you get cut off after having had been on hold for hours on on end, it makes you irritated. Once again, reminding myself that in comparison to what other people are dealing with, it's insignificant, but it still is how I feel right now. And honestly, there are other frustrations. Like I'm tired of being stuck in my house. And I realize that this is something that will probably continue for at least another few weeks, if not longer. Longer. Yeah. And you're tired of it, but you're also like thankful for it, right? Of course. I'm, I'm like, very, thank God we're here. very thankful for what I have. And I think there's a lot of, all this uncertainty is really disrupting so many people. And I can't even imagine what it's like if you have, um, you know, stress of health or, you know, finances, rent payments, groceries, like just needing to work, not being able to work collaboratively with the people who you do owe money to 
for whatever reason. Yeah, or being a frontline worker, a healthcare worker, a grocery worker who's going to work to help us stay safe and then seeing other people not following the protocol. So, you know, I think the bottom line and the reason I wanted to talk about this today is that this is a time of stress. It's a time of uncertainty and transition. And our responses to this distress really vary greatly from person to person, from day to day. And I, I think the bottom line is nobody's feeling normal right now. And I'm doing interview after interview on COVID and its effects on dating relationships and to some degree sex. And I want to keep reminding these writers that because nobody is feeling normal right now, because everything is disrupted from our schedules to our finances, to our health, to our fitness, to our sleep, that this isn't the time to feel pressure, right? This isn't the time to feel like, oh, I have to have the best relationship ever or the hottest sex ever. I I think that I really want to drive home the message that hopefully you have what it takes to focus on your own well-being and rather than pressure to perform to just I don't know look for ways to maintain connections that are maybe not sexual whether it's physical affection or thoughtful conversations or acts of kindness because despite having more time to rest many of us aren't sleeping well and despite having more time to spend together many of us are feeling disconnected from our own bodies and from our partners and these feelings are intense and it's it's loss it's fear it's grief it's frustration And what I really want to drive home is that all emotional reactions are normal. And yeah, so whatever you're, so I wanted to ask you, how are you feeling? Because we've been together in this home for 19 days and um, I feel close to you because I'm not used to being so physically close to you. I I notice at night, even when I roll over, you kind of roll with me. And when you roll away, I mean, I don't spoon you because you're too massive, but my arm follows you. So how how are you feeling? I wouldn't say that I feel any more or less close from you. I certainly feel that we're managing being isolated together quite well. And that doesn't surprise me. I find I get along quite well with you. But I do find I'm getting a little frustrated over some things and I'm catching myself. I've noticed that there are little things like dishes in the sink uh, that have been left or you know, where we have our podcast equipment set up and computers out, they're constantly out. And so I'm frustrating you. <laughs> I think because we spent the first two weeks literally going top to bottom through our house, cleaning everything out, that now that I see something out, it's like I've absolved myself of any personal responsibility associated with that item. And I, I'm getting, I catch myself thinking, oh, this is frustrating me. But then I'm catching myself thinking about that and saying, that's not a rational thought. Like think about all the other things that are happening behind the scenes that you you are probably doing for me that I'm not paying attention to. So you're frustrated that I'm leaving dishes in the sink? Yeah, only for a split second to catch myself and remind myself that there are other things that you do. For instance, ordering all the groceries, which is hella frustrating. If you've ever been on Loblaws or our Canadian grocery store, Websites, yeah, it's so annoying. They are not convenient at all. So you know the hour. But or the app two, is better. Yeah. The PC Express app, by the way, if you are Canadian <laughs> and you're trying to struggle with like the Loblaws site or something like that, go to the app. The app is easier. Okay, so I hear you. I I'm. It's so funny you telling me here now, but I should um, 
I can easily put away my dishes if it's like a little thing that come, you come down to in the morning and it doesn't feel good. Because we, we're clean freaks, sort of, and our house is kind of minimalist. And Let, If I were to finish, though, I, like I said, I'm catching myself with that. And I'm also recognizing that this simply has to do with the fact that there's so much other disruption to my life right now. So that's just, those are little anxieties. And then I'm finding myself getting bored already with the routine that I have created for myself because I do thrive in to some extent with some sense of routine throughout the day. Like I wake up and I get cleaned up and I make coffee and then I read the paper. I don't read the actual paper, the digital paper. I'm not 107, (laughs) Um, but I read the paper and then it's like I start my day and all of a sudden it's noon and then all of a sudden it's six o'clock. And, and you're, I'm you're still, starting at 7 a.m. Yeah, we started, I'm still starting at 7 a.m. in the morning. But it just all of a sudden noon rolls around. Yeah, and, and I'm kind of like, what did I accomplish today? And that also brings me down a whole other path where I've been talking about and reading about the productivity element that's so relevant right now where everyone's thinking, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to, you know, get super fit if that's your thing right now. I'm going to to start a new business right now or I'm going to take my business and revamp it right now. And a part of what I think is like, that's amazing, but maybe just take a moment to understand and to accept that you don't have to be as productive as you want to be yeah. right this moment. I think there's pressure to produce, first of all, because we're all a little fra- afraid financially, right? We've all been affected. All of yeah. my speaking engagements have been canceled. You can't get out with clients. Uh, and so everybody is affected by this. I mean, again, with gratitude for the fact that we, we really are fine. Mm-hmm. But there, there's some nervousness around producing because those of us who are self-employed certainly want to make an income, uh, make a living. And so many folks have lost their jobs. I saw that it's over 6 million jobless claims came out today. in the States. And I think we're over a million in Canada. Mm-hmm. And those numbers are going to rise. Yeah. And we're, we're a small country population wise. So uh, I, I think that all of this change is just frustrating. And so you're right. You find yourself frustrated over a dish in the sink or, but I don't mind putting my podcast equipment away. <laughs> I want to be clear. I'm not, I'm not frustrated about them. I'm just recognizing those frustrations seeping into my daily activities and learning to recognize them, catch them and stop. But would you, would you prefer I put my podcast equipment away? Let me just give you the background. So I leave it out because I think I'm going to do extra podcasts. (laughs) And and I also am recording interviews every day whenever I go on, like today I've done three interviews, so I record it, but I don't mind putting it away if it kind of brings you pleasure to walk down to the office and have a clean, pretty office. No. And I think what it is, is I'm, I thrive on some degree of control. So I think being able to control my very small or seemingly smaller environment maybe makes me feel more comfortable. So this idea that I can control how the house looks or how that looks might make me feel a little bit better. It also doesn't hurt me. And I can communicate that to you yeah. if it is bothering me. But at the end of the day, it's like I can also choose to take those five minutes and put everything away. I'm trying to think if you're doing anything that frustrates me. Uh, when you make me a coffee in the morning, it doesn't frustrate me. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's uh, your macchiato isn't isn't, isn't, isn't correct up, up yeah. to par. No, I, I so I feel like we're getting along really well, and I think we have the advantage of first of all not having kids in the house. We had to move my dad out to the corner as well. I'm not sure if I mentioned that on an earlier podcast, but because we were away and we were isolating, and he's older, we had to move him out. So this is the first time in ten years. Uh, actually, about 11. 
that you and I have been in our own home for over a week together alone. I don't think we've ever even had five days in our own home. So there's a novelty and a honeymoon phase that I think we're experiencing now. So that gives us you know, an, an advantage maybe over other people. We don't have children. Uh, we are also accustomed to working from home oftentimes, although, you know, I'm usually on the road. But I'm trying to figure out and wondering if you have any insights as to why we're getting along. Do you think it's because you're maintaining your schedule and I'm maintaining mine or because we're able to maintain physical distance, even though we don't have a big house, you're working down in the living room and I'm working up in, in our home office. What is it that's making it work for you? Yeah, I think it's a combination of factors. I think we've created some some sort of a routine. I think that we... You more than me. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> me, for sure. We've created some sort of routine. We have separation of space. I think, um, you know, we have that luxury of being able to be in different rooms or different levels. Right, which because makes... some people are in 500 square feet. Yeah. Like and... our condo that my, my dad is in right now, it doesn't even have a door on the bedroom. It's basically a junior one bedroom or bachelor. And so if we were in that space, it'd be really difficult because I'll tell you, I would be getting really frustrated if I heard you on the phone and I was trying to record a podcast. And you can only stand outside and make phone calls in two degree weather before <laughs> you know you start getting frustrated and come inside. So yeah, we, we do have that. That's working really well. I think we've also been trying to shut off a little bit earlier. <laughs> By a little bit, I mean eight o'clock instead of 10 o'clock. Actually, that's something I think we could be doing better. I find that we're, I'm still scrolling through my phone. I'm pretty good about not checking on COVID constantly, but I find that I'm just online scrolling after dinner and I'd rather not be because I just don't need to see what's happening on Instagram. Well, yeah. And, and also I found myself started starting to limit myself to the news that I'm consuming because it's the same thing. And right now it is generally negative that checking it multiple times throughout the day doesn't really accomplish much other than make me feel worse. Like, I'm not saying be oblivious to what's happening in the world, but I've been reading the paper in the morning and then I've been reading it, checking it again in the evening. And I could do that earlier. Right. I get my news fill and then I can cut it off. So you're setting limits on your kind of digital diet, especially because it's so much bad news. So I think that's something we could do better. Maybe that's something we could figure out right now to limit tech because we are on our phones till at least 9 30 10 o'clock at night and then we're you know maybe watching a show so I don't know if you want to make a commitment I, I don't want to pressure you but I would love to although tonight I'm scheduled to 9 p.m I'm actually going to be on a on a show but uh, you know if I'm not on a show I would love to shut off my phone at 8 30. Yeah that sounds great and sounds ridiculous when you really think about when you're going to shut off your phone. I've also, if I were to just comment on one other thing that's been fun that we've been doing, we started playing Scrabble, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. Mind you think you, that's I'm, fun? I'm getting my ass handed to me every <laughs> single time that we play because Brandon words are like, door, <laughs> store. <laughs> you know what drives me nuts? You do not open up the board. I actually got pissy the other night, like in my head. I was like, oh, he plays such little words and he's not opening up the board. That's because you're a Scrabble champ. Anyway, but we've been trying to do different things like that. And I'm starting to look into other ways that I can, you know, get away from and interact with other people online. Like I'm looking again at registering for another Spanish class. I know that they're offering them online. So looking for things that I can do to connect with other people, to get away from maybe some of the negativity that's out there. I know that you're connecting fairly regularly regularly with your friends and your family. Yeah, and that's interesting because I'm definitely more social. Virtually, of course. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing them in person, but I'm more social than you. 
And uh, I do wonder, because one of the pieces of you know insight that I keep offering ac- across all the media platforms is that it's important to look for multiple sources of support at this time. Because if you're only turning to your partner and you're trapped in the house with them, that is a huge amount of emotional and practical labor that they have to do to support you. And so I, I meet up with my friends on Zoom. I meet up with the neighbors on Zoom. You're certainly talking to your staff during the day, but I don't know that there's sources of emotional support. So, you know, I was thinking about some reminders for people at this time. If you're trapped in the house, make sure that you have digital connections with other people so that one person or one unit, a family unit, doesn't become your sole source of emotional, social, um, you know, intellectual and practical support. Uh, So I don't know, do you, like, are you talking to friends at all? Uh, I've reached out to a few I think this is also a great opportunity for, for for men if you're not, you know, connecting to your other male friends. Like let's let's or break friends. or friends, period. Let's break down some of these barriers. Just let's check in on each other. Let's ask how we're doing. Let's Are get you doing em- that? let's get emotional. You know what? I, I have reached out to a couple. I've had a couple of conversations with people um, via text, just asking how they're doing, what's up, you know, making sure they're okay. I could certainly do a better job of that um, because I think now's the opportunity to, you know, to improve that communication. Well, it's funny because I video chatted your best friend the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got in on and, the call. And then so I got in. I think it is important that you take those initiatives on your own. Yeah, of course. And and this is a great opportunity to start and to rekindle those um those friendships. Yeah. So I think uh, it's a reminder to all of us to look for multiple sources of support. I think it's a reminder to couples to talk about how we spend our time because some of us, I'm hearing from people where I want to be with you all the time, but you need more personal space. So I think this is a good time to revisit those conversations and talk about why you want personal space. It's not a rejection of somebody else. It's really just about your own needs. And we need different amounts of alone time. I'm used to a certain amount of alone time because I'm living in hotels so often and I love being alone. I'm a super, you know, social person. And I think that's why I need to recover by being alone. So I think this is a good time to have conversations about how much time do you want to spend together? How do you want to spend that time together? Uh, Do you want to socialize? For example, when I was on with the neighbors the other night, you came in to the Zoom conversation for part of the conversation, but not for the whole thing. And I think it's an important time to talk about that because people keep asking me, well, how do I tell my partner that I need personal space? And I understand that you don't want to make them feel badly, but I think it's important to emphasize that this isn't about being away from you. This is about either being with other people online, digitally now, or just about being alone on my own. So this isn't about you. And then I also think a good reminder, and I've been noticing that our physical affection is up. Like not only when we're snuggling in bed or if we're watching a show, we're more on top of each other, (laughs) or I'm on top of you, obviously. (laughs) And uh, I I find that I'm, I'm naturally reaching out to you. Like if we're in the kitchen, I just want to be close to you. I want to be held by you more. I think the truth is, that I'm, I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling nervous. I feel very uncomfortable with this whole situation. And I'm lucky that I have permission or capacity or experience to just name the emotion. But because I'm feeling what I'm feeling, like let's say I'm feeling anxious because I am feeling a little bit more anxious than usual. And I would say I'm a fairly low anxiety person. <laughs> 
I would agree. <laughs> but I'm lucky that I'm able to use the language of I'm feeling anxious. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about my my formula and how I manage difficult feelings. And it doesn't mean that it's your formula, but mine is that I, I, I name the emotion to myself and I might even name the feeling to you. And then, so number one is naming it. Number two is a physical soothing of what's happening in my body. So I don't try and fix the feeling and, and will away anxiety, but I do something in my body to soothe the physiological manifestations, the physical manifestation, manifestations of that feeling. So I might take slow breaths. I've been doing more body scans or because I'm so lucky to have you here, if I'm feeling anxious, I've just been coming up and putting my head on you or hugging you. And you're, not, you're not checking my pulse again? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that weren't, that didn't listen to one of the recent podcasts, I woke up one day to just with her fingers on my carotid artery, checking to make sure that it was still beating. No, it kind of freaked me out. It's because I... I put my hand on your chest in my sleep, and I guess I didn't feel your pulse, probably because I was half asleep. And then it woke me up, and I was like, oh, shoot, I better check his pulse. You couldn't just look at me breathing? <laughs> no, I was half asleep, man. Um, so to go back to my emotional processing, it's name the emotion, do something to physically soothe, and then when I do something to physically soothe it usually lowers the experience of that negative emotion and then I do the cognitive soothing because if I try and go straight to the cognitive soothing uh, like a cognitive behavioral approach where I think about okay is what you're thinking realistic can I think more realistically I find that it's really hard to do in the beginning but if I do something like seven deep breaths if I ask Brandon to hold me if I do a body scan if I stand up and stretch because sometimes it's just sitting at my computer for 10 to 12 hours straight that is making me, you know, feel anxious, feel like I have more work than I can handle. I think, um, I find that the physical soothing really helps. So I thought I'd, I'd share that. And we don't have all the answers. I really just wanted to talk today a little bit about how, how we're managing and, and the way we manage certainly isn't the way somebody else is going to manage, but you're right. Playing the games has helped a little bit. I'm also starting to think about how, what I can do proactively about the coming few weeks because I know that this is going to continue and rather experience them and thinking about it in two or three weeks, I'm thinking, I know I'm going to be cooped up for another few weeks. What can I, what can I be doing now to lessen the effects of that? So, Because yeah, we've been getting along well, but it, like I said, there's a bit of a honeymoon phase because we've never been in this house alone together. So it's almost like, yes, it's a transition. Yes, we're nerve wracked and yes, we're frustrated. But at the same time, we've got the novelty of something new. So in a couple of weeks, especially to me, because I get bored of things really quickly, it's not going to feel like a novelty anymore. So what do you think we might do differently moving forward? I mean, for me, uh, on a personal level, I would, I, I'm going to continue doing what Varsha, our Cairo, uh, suggested, which is body scans. I find that very helpful just to me personally. Between the two of us, I think cutting off uh, Dig our digital connections earlier, earlier yeah. would be beneficial. I also think maybe we should stop watching television in bed because we don't have a TV in our room, but we carry our little iPad in there. And at night, I'm like, it's tiger time, <laughs> but it's <laughs> nothing sexy. And it's not sexy, not at all. <laughs> it's Joe Exotic. It's Joe Exotic. That's going to do the exact opposite of what you want. Yeah. Anyway. Do um, you, what do you think of not watching TV in the bedroom? Yeah, I think that that's something that we agreed to years ago. But then we break the rule. we keep breaking the rule. So that would help. I also think setting some time aside throughout the day to, to reconnect, whether that's having lunch together, um, 
We that, did that the first week and we haven't yeah, been we, doing it. We did. I've, I've gotten into, again, a routine of, of exercising every day because I know that that's really important both mentally and physically. And it's really easy right now to, to find reasons or excuses not to do it because you don't have you don't have the equipment or the whatever it is that you normally use to get your workout in. But rather than finding excuses, I'm just finding reasons to do it. And you're working out in our basement. What are, what do you have down there? Like eight square feet? I I, I honestly have about it, it. It's yeah. It's probably about five feet by six feet. Yeah. Uh, the space that I have, and I have, and a, the ceiling is low. And it's a low ceiling, and I have a jump rope, and I have a couple of five to twenty pound dumbbells that were being used sporadically for years and years and years. And there you go. Yeah, so, you're making it happen. Making so it happen. I like the idea of lunch together. That's something that I could really easily carve out. Uh, and I, you know, I like to have a big meal at lunch, not at, not at night when, when it's a possibility. I'm not eating well. I notice I'm going hours in the day without eating in the morning, uh, which is not normal for me. But I just am diving right into my work. So I think that's that's what I would like to commit to is to eat first thing. So here's what we've got on our list. Uh, I'm going to eat in the morning so that I'm just feeling more like myself. We're going to limit tech and turn off at 8.30. Now, by the way, that might sound absurd to some of you. I mean, everybody's just got to find their own groove. Um, You know, you might shut off at 4 p.m. depending on the type of work you do. But mine is 8.30 for now. Maybe I'll get earlier next week. Uh, We're going to take the the iPad out of the room. We're going to try and have lunch together. I was also thinking, and I don't know if this sounds cheesy to you, but I'd like to do a stretch in the middle of the day just for three to five minutes because I'm sitting so long that I'm more sore than when I was standing for hours in my five-inch heels. <laughs> like my body is killing from sitting and you know they say sitting is the new smoking. So I'd love to also commit to a stretch um, maybe before we make lunch. Like would you want to do that at noon? Sure. Let's also be realistic in terms of this long list of things, because I think we've both agreed in the past that when we over commit, uh, over commit and it doesn't work out mm-hmm. that, you know, that failure can can build upon itself. So I'd rather take little steps. And- the only one I'm not feeling so sure of is the iPad in the bed, because sometimes I just love to watch a show to wind down. And, and I like to be snuggled next to you more than on the couch, like our couch isn't a snuggly couch. You know, what we could also look at doing, though, is curbing our behaviors in what we're watching because I find that some of the stuff that we're watching late at night is not no relaxing. More time. No more tiger time. Tiger time. Yeah, you're right. If we watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's light and we laugh. But whereas if we watch some of these other shows, uh, it, it can be feel a little bit more intense and actually lead to feelings of, of anxiety. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I, as I said, I've been doing so many interviews on how people are managing dating and relationships during the this this pandemic and i did come up with some ideas for date nights for people who are separated would you would you like to share with everyone <laughs> Good because i'm like where are we going with this yeah no so a couple of my ideas one if you're dating and you can't meet up in person can you pick a rest not a recipe but a dish a broad dish like we're gonna make stir fry and you and your date both make stir fry but you don't compare recipes in advance and then you see what you come up with because I might make something that's you know I'm Chinese obviously I'm gonna make a Chinese stir fry whereas I don't know what 
I'm white. I'm going to make cereal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you stir fried the Cheerios together. But I was thinking that'd be a cool date night. There are also uh, a ton of games online now that you can play with people from afar. So I noticed that you can play Scrabble. You can play Yahtzee. You can play... Um, My friends are having dance parties. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you can play all these different games online. And I just joined House Party. Oh, you did? Yeah. So if you're on House Party, look for me. Got to shout out Scott and Maddie for that recommendation. Yeah. I think. I don't know. <laughs> they told me about it. Oh, they told you about I, it. I also think that for me, I find these conversations to be actually quite relaxing. When we have, when I'm, when, when we engage in these podcasts, I feel a lot better after the podcast than I did going into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because you walked in here like really Ooh, physiologically yeah. aroused, not in a good way, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. cortisol spikes. Um, okay, let me go back. Uh, that That's a good point. Just sitting and talking about how you're feeling. And people keep asking about, like, how do we keep our kids on track? How do we manage not, you know, wanting to wring their necks? And I said, can you please talk to your kids about how you're feeling? How are you feeling right now? Be honest. You don't have to tell them everything. You tell them at an age-appropriate level. And can you ask them how they're feeling? Because that's one thing you and I have been doing well, too, is our check-ins. And they're not formal or anything, but I, I have asked you, you know, when I run into you at 11 a.m., like, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Do you age appropriate that for me? <laughs> how do you how feel? Do you, how does your inside feel, Brandon? <laughs> um, other date ideas, sorry, to go back to it. So you can make a dish together over Zoom or over whatever platform you're using. You can play Monopoly, Scrabble, Uno, Yahtzee, Trivia, or Chess online. If you're into fitness and you're dating, because I know a lot of fitness people date other fitness people, uh, put together a short at-home workout that you can kind of do together. Why are you laughing? I'm just thinking about people yelling back and forth at each other. Two more. <laughs> Come on. You can do this. Breaking up as a result. Uh, I'm really excited to start playing on house parties, so I hope other people will check that out. And I was also thinking that if you're newer to dating, you can play 20 questions with a focus on your past, present, and future. So I'd say 21 questions so that you can write seven questions about your potential partners or your dates past, seven about their present, and seven about their future. So you can kind of start sharing daydreams for what's to come when we finally settle into keep, keep our, those questions light. our new normal. Yeah, that's that's actually a good point because some people have asked me, is this a good time to be having heavy conversations? And I think it depends on your level of distress. So if you're, some of us are not in great distress. Like I can say my stress levels aren't that bad. I'm frustrated, but I'm not, I'm not really struggling is the truth. I had a bad day on Tuesday, but those happen once in a while. So I might be really comfortable um, to sit down with you, Brandon, and for example, go over one of the the monogamy questionnaires from my blog. I would be comfortable with that right now. Now I know we've already done it, so it makes it easier. But other people are really stressed. You know, folks, if you if you've lost your job, if one of you has lost your job and the other is busy with their job, that can be a really difficult dynamic to manage. And so I guess, you know, I'm verbose and I, I'm not as succinct as I could be. I think this is just time to go easy on yourselves. Be easy on yourself. Be easy on your partner. Laugh. Be open to hearing their frustrations, but also recognizing that, you know, our feelings are our own. So I, I hope you leave with um, a little bit of insight with regard to changes that you might make. Of course, your changes will be different than ours or your resolutions. And also the piece that I really want to emphasize is the emotional processing. My process is I name the feeling. I do something to make it feel better in my body first before I try and work on it 
in my mind. And there are some really great apps out there for CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, if, if people are interested um, in kind of working that on that on their own. And if you're feeling stuck, there are a ton of therapists who have taken their therapy practice online. And if you need a referral, please reach out to me and I can try and help you with someone who's a good fit. So we'll stop there. Brandon, thanks for chatting. You feel better? I feel better for real. Yeah. I always feel better after these podcasts. I feel I like it gives me an opportunity to dive into, <laughs> into my mind. Sorry for sharing with everyone. <laughs> no, I think just slowing down for us. Right when we're talking and we're not on the podcast, I think we talk too quickly. Yeah, we just have a lot to talk about. We do, but I, I actually think this is a good model for us to maybe even slow our pace of conversation so that, I don't know, when we're talking and not being recorded, <laughs> we can get just as much out of it. It's great. Yeah. It's great. So thanks, babe. Thank you. Thanks to you for listening wherever you're at. I hope you're having a half decent week. I hope you're hanging in there. If you need help with resources, please do reach out. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. Hope you have a really nice or at least a manageable weekend ahead of you. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.